Just a little meditation here this morning on, on envy and the vice of envy. Our first two readings from Genesis and then our psalm are all about Joseph and his brothers. And then all of that really is prophetic of Christ. Just as Joseph was envied by his brothers and thrown into a pit, raised up out of the pit, okay, sold into slavery, liberated from slavery, and actually exalted to be the second dude in command of the empire, the Egyptian empire. So also Jesus was envied by his co-religionists, by his, you know, St. John says he came to his own and his own received his received him not and he was in a certain sense thrown into a pit okay by his brothers they killed him okay and what we see with Joseph is a prophetic image of what really happened with Christ and uh, he was sold as well too again with by silver so both Joseph was sold for silver Jesus was sold for silver by his brothers and um he exalt he was exalted to be to the right hand of the father okay just as joseph was at the right hand of pharaoh so christ is exalted to the right hand of the father so you've got this this uh foreshadowing of christ going on with joseph and there's a lot of other parables i just listened to a guy actually in an audiobook who was he was saying there's like 25 different interesting parallels between the story of joseph and what we what we find in the gospels about christ um, but in any event, envy is the is the motive for the this killing that takes place, this betrayal. And um, what's what's interesting though too is about uh, the sibling rivalry. So it's really actually a pretty common scenario at counselors and psychologists deal with this on a pretty frequent basis for there to be sibling rivalry and for one sibling to be envious of the other. And just like Joseph's brothers were envious of him, and Jesus' brethren, in a certain sense, in the broader sense of the term, were, were envious of him. Why is that? It's kind of interesting. You know, I mean, we can be envious of people that we see at work or that we hardly know, or maybe we can be envious of our neighbors next door, you know, because they got a nice car, uh, better, whatever, nicer, nicer house than us. We can be envious of people that we see on TV and celebrities and whatnot. But I think there's a special... Uh, temptation for envy and competition among siblings. And what, why is that? I think it's sometimes the people that are closest to us, there's this temptation for this to take place. And, and I, I don't know why that is, but I think something has to do with the fact that you're constantly observing them. You grow up together, especially if you're close in age, and you're constantly, you're seeing how you progress through life and your particular fortune, and then you're able to compare it really in an immediate way with your with your sibling who's got who's kind of growing up along with you and developing and and sort of meeting fortune or misfortune however it might be. And so there's this constant, you know, you're looking, you're comparing, you're comparing, you're looking. And uh, it is quite frequent for siblings to be envious um of of each other. Maybe this was person, "Oh, you were always more successful. Mom always loved you more." <laughs> you know, isn't there a famous comedy act, you know, with the Smothers Brothers? Yeah. Mom loved you more. Um, see, what they're doing in that comedy act is they're putting their finger on something that's kind of, uh, it's very typical, and that's why it's funny. Um, 
Cain and Abel. This goes back to the original story of, of original sin and the entrance of sin into human history. You got Cain and Abel, his rival rival brothers, and that also is a is a prophetic foreshadowing of Christ and the Pharisees. You know, Jesus uh, is this religious teacher, and so who's envious of him? It's not the little guys; it's it's his brethren, religious teachers, so to speak, that are envious of him. Um, you know, is there envy in the priesthood? Oh no. No, not at all. There's no competition or envy uh, between priests. Not at all. Um, so the people who are closest to you, sometimes there's that, that source of um, that temptation for envy. What's the lesson in all of this? I think, I think we basically have to, it's a question of where we're looking. And that's maybe the message that I, I leave you with. Where are we looking? You know, because the siblings are so close together and they're growing up alongside each other, they're looking at each other, looking at each other. Where are we looking? You know, where are we looking? If we've got our eyes on God, on Jesus, on you know, basically trying to please the Lord and doing the right thing, if that's what our focus and our energy is on, we're not going to fall into envy. It's not going to. We're not going to be like, oh, this this guy's got a better fate than I do, or this more fortune than I do, and I wish I had that guy's pretty wife and da 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 da. da. If you if you lift your mind and your focus on up to God, then you're going to be content, and you're going to understand that whatever you have in life has been given to you by the Lord, and it's best. You know, you think I think of Joseph. How many how many times do you think Joseph was tempted to say like, "Oh, I've got such bad fortune." You know, he was just sold into slavery. All of this kind of this junk happened to him. And you know what? It's really interesting because in Genesis, you, when you read that account, there's, you don't hear a peep of complaint from Joseph. Not a peep. And I think that this, that's not just by chance. I think that that's actually reflective of his character, that he understood that all things were in God's hands. And after you know his his dad dies and his brethren come to him and he's the top dog you know in, in Egypt and they're afraid he's going to get revenge on them and, and kill him. Kill them, and, he, and they say to him, "You know, please spare us." Da, da, da. And he says, "Guys, I, I forgive you. It's it's okay. The fact of the matter is, you had one plan, and that was aimed at evil. But your plan for evil actually was incorporated into a much bigger plan of God, and God God's plan was good. And this worked out for the good in the end because." Um, I was able to be in a position of power to provide you with food so that our family lineage could continue on so that ultimately the Messiah could come. I mean, that's ultimately what it was. It was all, you know, the survival of the, of the chosen people all has to do with the advent of Christ. Um, so we see this terrible thing and, and Joseph, he never, he never thought to himself, oh, poor me. And all he focused on, you know, I hate my brothers or something like that. All he focused on was God and what was his ta- the moral task at hand. What's the right thing to do given the hand that I've been dealt in life? And so that's, that's what we have to do is, is don't think that, you know, choosing, uh, I wish this situation was better. I wish my life was better. Da, 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 you know, some, be careful which you, sometimes you get what you ask for you know <laughs> we don't we don't really see everything from the beginning to the end we trust that god has got the best um, plan for us even though the circumstances in the here and the now are not good we trust that they that they are nested within a broader 
um, plan that is for our good and for other people's good as well. And uh, we focus on the Lord and we don't wish things to be drastically different than they actually are. Um, we don't look at other people to be competitive against them. We focus on, on the Lord. And that way we avoid envy and we avoid uh, discontent with our life.